I'd like to petition for a moment, if I can, for every Sunday to be Honor Sunday and baskets could be given. (laughs) We can't make that a thing, can we? Greater Life Church, what a fun place to be. And, uh, you know, I just want to just open with, if you're, if you're new here today, uh, other than the thing we did about handing off and relaying it, every Sunday, we enjoy the presence of God and the freedom to worship. And most Sundays, we have altars open because I believe, and I think you would agree, that in a time where the world is reaching for answers, the church needs to step up and not retreat, but be available. And so today we finished the sermon series, Letters of Love, which, candidly speaking, has been not what I thought. Last year, about this time, I believe the Holy Spirit can speak in advance. I mean, you guys believe that. So I, I don't go into my office on Saturday and grab the horns of the altars. Oh, God, give me a word. No, we have, we have a sermon calendar that we, we follow that the Lord lays, lays on my heart. And so for such a time of this, this sermon was written on a spreadsheet almost a year ago. And everything that has happened is coordinated by the Holy Spirit when we submit to His leading. And I'm telling you what, one thing I've learned is that's the best way to do it. And you've heard me say it before, and it's somebody else that said it that I stole it from. I won't tell you who it is, because if I do, then I don't, you won't feel like I came up with it. But in all seriousness, the pastor of the largest church that's ever existed, a guy named Young E. Cho in South Korea, he said that the Holy Spirit is his senior pastor, and all of them work for him, and I believe that to be the case. I pray here at Greater Life that if we can just sense what God is doing and follow what he's leading, then I know, I know that God will accomplish his task and his purposes. You see, the thing is, so many times preachers and people get in his way. Huh. And so if I can do one thing effectively as a minister of the gospel to remove distractions that the enemy tries to place in your way each and every Sunday, then I know that God will speak to you. Some of what we hope to accomplish today in these next few minutes is to bring this sermon series to a close. The title of the sermon is In Conclusion. And before you get too excited, Preachers like to say in conclusion a lot and continue on. They like to say things, well, I'm going to wrap up right here in just a few moments. But you know why they say moments? Because it's a generic term. You, you, you can't put your finger on what a moment is. It could be an hour. You know, the Bible says that a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. And I work for Him. So... <laughs> 
in all seriousness, let's get into it. By the way, I want to give you permission, especially if you're new here. We do laugh in church. You know, laughter is like medicine, the Bible says. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And sometimes when you feel weak, you just need to laugh. You just need to have some joy in your life. I'm telling you, Monday through Saturday, out there, it'll take it out of you. So maybe on Sunday, we can have a refreshing joy in the house of the Lord. Amen? Pray with me. Lord, thank you for today. Help me in the few minutes that I have to share this word. Speak to our hearts. May we be ready to receive. Anoint our fellowship after our service today. Give us a wonderful time. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know. Where'd Angel go? He's outside setting up. Good, I can talk about him. I know we told him three minutes. And that joker, the first thing he said, I just got about 10 minutes. I was like, Back to locusts. <laughs> oh, in all seriousness, he's serving uh, a role out there in Locust and helping out, and he's also doing youth ministry here on Wednesday. We're just thankful that God saw fit to take a 14-year-old busted-up young man and do something with him. You know, God takes great joy in taking people that no one would expect. <laughs> I'm here today because I'm one of those people that no one could expect that God would actually use. <laughs> but I think that gives God great joy. And as long as we submit to him, then he can do great and mighty things through the least of us. Amen? You know, God, God, God takes the humble heart and the broken, and he takes great joy in using that for his goodness. It's the passage of beauty for ashes. Today we have a sermon titled, In Conclusion, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Are you ready? Two of you. Are you ready? All right. That was awesome. Even if it's not good, give me an amen from time to time. It helps me move through my notes. So it's on you if we stay too late. I won't stop till I feel like you got it. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> Let's pray. We're done. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. First John chapter 5. Here we go. Beginning in verse 14, the Bible says, I'm, using from the, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Beginning in verse 14 of chapter 5 in 1 John. 1 John. And we are confident that he hears us. Whenever we ask for anything that pleases him, say pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. If you see a Christian brother or sister sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray. And God will give that person life. But there is a sin that leads to death, and I am not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. 
We know that God's children do not make practice of sinning. For God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. Verse 19. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and He has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God. And He is eternal life. Verse 21, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. Number one, if we pray. If we pray. The reason why the, the sermon is titled In Conclusion is because we're going to take the sum up of what John was saying. Remember, John is a hundred-year-old man when he wrote this an apostle, the last living apostle at the time of the early church. He had since removed all the filters that he would use when speaking and basically would tell it as it is. It was written to believers, and we find here that the first thing that he says, in this passage at least, is about prayer as he's summing up this first letter. When we pray... We are confident that He hears us when we ask that which pleases Him. It's a story of an evangelist in a room full of hundreds of people asked the people to raise their hands if they felt like they were pleasing, completely pleasing to God. In this room full of hundreds of people, the folks thought for just a moment and only a 10 and 11-year-old child that were sitting side by side raised their hand. Because as people evaluated their lives, they began to realize that they don't always please God. That they have faults, they have issues, they have problems. The 10 and 11 year old child might have even gotten a fight in the parking lot on the way in, but by golly, they were raising their hand because they felt like they were pleasing God. It reminded me of the idea that Jesus said, you must become like a child. Because the faith is pure. Because the understanding that my righteousness isn't about me, it's about who Jesus is. So friend, you may feel like you don't deserve the love of God. Well, you don't. But because of Jesus, you have it. You may feel like, how can I be so worthy? How can I be worthy to be used of God? I've done all these things in my past, and I still have issues with this and with that. And God is looking upon you and saying, Jesus is your righteousness. Your righteousness, the Bible says, is filthy rags. How many of you guys understand that God's given you a new set of clothes because of Jesus? And if we pray for what pleases Him. Guys, our prayer life is incredibly important, but it has to be led by the Holy Spirit. Do not take this verse out of context. Prosperity preachers will tell you, when you pray, He'll give you whatever you ask. It's not what it says. It says, when you pray for what pleases Him. How do you find out what pleases Him? How about taking a moment and saying, God, 
lead me in my prayer time. I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the church today. And I believe when I pray in tongues, I pray the heart of the Lord. And when I pray the heart of the Lord, he hears me and he answers me. I may not even know what I'm praying for, but when I'm praying in the spirit, that's the right prayer every time. And I'll tell you this much. So many times we get frustrated at God for not answering the prayers that we have asked him over and over again. And God is saying, I am not gonna do that. That doesn't please me. You do not to be, need to be driving a red Lamborghini when you ain't got no money anyway. Oh, God, please. Lead that person to leave the job site so I just don't have to deal with them anymore. And God is saying, I have called you to this job site for that person. <laughs> Now, suffer for Jesus and extend love to that person. Right after a fight with your spouse. <clears throat> Lord, open their eyes to how I'm right. <laughs> you said in your word, if I asked you would do it. You're missing the part. It's got to be pleasing to me. You've got to be praying my heart. You know what his heart is? Lord, reach the lost. Lord, use me to be a witness for you. God, take my little 10% and multiply it and do miraculous things with it. Lord, humble me. <laughs> By the way, tip, don't ask for that. That's a prayer he always answers. <laughs> I hadn't asked for that in many, many years. He hears us, but we have to ask what pleases him. If we pray, number one, then he hears. If we pray number, uh, under number one, the second thing on your note sheet, then he answers. So many times we pray, we pray and we feel like our prayers go into oblivion, that God doesn't hear us. Simply because we don't hear a voice from God or an earthquake or something, a note that floats down from heaven and it says yes or no. Guys, when you pray, God hears. I have a little dog at home who's special. His name is Romeo and he's a wiener dog and he's supposed to weigh about eight or nine pounds and he weighs 25 pounds. And he waddles around. And this, with all the love of my heart, this stupid dog, he, in his old age, he can't hear. He has lost his hearing. And now I've got to take him to the vet and spend money on the stupid thing because he's been walking around the past day like this. So I look it up, what's the matter with my dog? How many of you guys know when you look up stuff for your dog, they always say, take it to the vet. <laughs> Just tell me how to fix it. Home remedy, take it to the vet. That's not a home remedy. 
What am I saying? I don't know. He hears us. My dog doesn't hear me. But God hears me. <laughs> See the illustration now? <laughs> if we pray, moving along, if we pray, then he shows us. He reveals to us, guys, you may be praying for someone that you need to stop praying for. Pastor. One of the hardest things for people is to release someone to the Lord. But Scripture says there is an appropriate time for us to release someone to the Lord. We read it in 1 Corinthians. We understand that there is a time that we are to let go and let God be in control because you have said it and said it and said it, and guess what? They are not going to listen to you, but God may send someone else. But as long as you're in their ear, they ain't going to listen to nobody. There is a time. This goes through pray for those that, that are in a sin that leads to death and the one that does not lead to death. We're, we can really spend a lot of time debating and talking about what theologians say, but I'm just going to confuse you. But what I want you to hear is that when you pray, people need to understand that God will show you. Prayer for the backslider, for the one struggling with their walk in faith. Your greatest tool of evangelism is prayer. So what in the world is a sin that leads to death? This is going to be deep. A sin that leads to death is a sin that leads to death. Sometimes it's not that complicated. The Bible talks about hell being the second death. What do you think the sin that leads to death is? Rebellion and denying Christ. Because that, friend, will lead to eternal death and damnation. You with me? Keep away, friend, as John says, from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. I feel like I need to clarify that last statement for you, for me. Sometimes we have, let's pick on teenagers. By the way, Angel said there's youth convention coming and there's a room full of thousands of teenagers. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I do not volunteer. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, God bless Angel and his anointing. Um, your teenager saw a bad movie. And so, woe is you, you're in the prayer. Hey, Angel, you're in the prayer closet. I've been talking about you the entire time. You're, you're in the prayer closet. God, they saw a PG-13 movie, and, and, and Lord, I, I tarry at the, at, the, at the gates of heaven. Please! That is not a sin that leads to death. But a teenager that says God isn't real is one that you need to engage in prayer and you gotta go to bat for them. You gotta stand in the gap. Amen? You with me? Number two, if we love, 2 John, verse five through six says, 
I'm writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Love means doing what God has commanded us. And He has commanded us to love one another, just as you heard from the beginning. I say this because many deceivers have gone out into this world that deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. Anyone who wanders away from this teaching has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in, this te- in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. If we love. If you love someone, you will tell them the truth, even if it may bring your relationship at a strain. Listen, we're called to speak the truth in love. If we love someone and they're not acknowledging who Jesus Christ is, I'm telling you, I think Jesus is coming back soon. And I think the time for Christians to be silent and go along to get along is is behind us. I think it's time where we say, listen, I believe that the Bible says this. And unless you believe Jesus is this, then you're lost. And hell is real. And it's your future. Practically speaking, a Jehovah's Witness comes to your door. They do not acknowledge Jesus as divine. He is not God. And for you to stand there for 15 minutes and say, well, you know, you're God and my God, God bless you. John says, for you to bless them is to partake in that heresy. Ooh. Now, in Romans, we learn that we are responsible for what we know. Well, now you know. For you to stand in front of someone that is speaking that who Jesus Christ is and doesn't line up with Scripture, friend, you have got an obligation, you've got a responsibility to speak the truth. Guess what? They may get mad at you, they may smack you, they may run away, they may talk bad about you on social media, but at the end of the day, you have spoken the truth and your conscience is clear because God may, may in His mercy, wake them up one night and say, that is the truth. And for the sake of their soul, they may be saved. You had an uncomfortable conflict, it felt like. But guys, I'm willing to be uncomfortable for Jesus. Amen? I'm willing to speak the truth even when people look at me sideways. If we love, then we will obey. Love is action. The parable of the Good Samaritan, do something. Let that be your witness. If your neighbor's walking by and needs help and you recognize it, help them. Then we will not wander if we love. Verse 7 through 9, they're 
can never be compromised with the truth of Jesus, with his divinity. He was born of a virgin. He died on a cross, and he rose on the third day. He became flesh. The creator became creation so we could be saved. Then we will discern. 1 John 4, 1 talks about testing the spirits to see if they speak for God. It's pretty straightforward, guys. We've got to stop putting a filter on the truth. Jesus is the only way. And to say that will divide. But I read in my Bible that there will come a day when Jesus divides lambs and goats. And I'm telling you, he's called us today to speak things in truth that bring people to a decision prayerfully before the real division happens for eternity. You with me? 1 Corinthians 5, 12 through 13 says, For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. This speaks of how we are to love and to encourage one another in the body. It speaks of how we are to look outside and share the truth. And they have an opportunity to receive it or to reject it. You know what your responsibility in that moment is? Don't be mad. You know what? Jesus told the apostles, when you go into a village and you share the gospel and they reject the message, dust, the, dust your feet off and go to the next village. I, I'm, I'm convinced that our words have value when it has the gospel. I'm convinced that my breath shouldn't be wasted on someone that doesn't want to hear it. But I'm also convinced that God's called me to speak the truth. God wants us to have a completed joy as we walk through this. Letters in love. Doesn't this feel like a loving message? How can we love a world that's so broken? I want to remind you that what happened on the cross was the most violent thing in history. That right after Jesus died, they outlawed the Roman, the, the Roman government outlawed crucifixion shortly after that because it was so horrendous and violent. And I'm telling you, Jeff mentioned it earlier, it says the violent take it by force. That's an that's a Old Testament passage, but it's talking about the kingdom of God. I think it's time that we see that the people that we're trying to reach aren't the enemy, but the devil is. And the demons are having a heyday because the church is just saying, oh, whatever you think and whatever you feel. Come on! Let's go to battle with the darkness. Today is a day, tonight, they're going to be out there dressed as demons and witches. Completely oblivious to what Everything that's going on in the shadows. I've been a strong proponent to say we can even be the church in that. I'm telling you something. I got tracks. You want tracks? I got stuff you can give out with that candy. 
Or you can turn your light off and hide behind the curtains. I say turn the light on and give them a Snickers bar, have the best candy on the whole block, and then give them a track. Wrap that thing, that Snickers bar, and that track so good that they got to read every word on that track before they get to that Snickers bar. I mean, just... Let's be the light in the darkness. Not once did I see Jesus run from the devil. But every time I saw the encounter, the demons would come and they would speak through whoever they possessed. They please, please, why, why are you persecuted? Why are you here messing with us? Why are you? They are so terrified of Jesus and the power that he represented and he walked in, the power of the Holy Spirit and the same, whoo, and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, dwells in you. Come on. You ain't clapping for me, you're clapping for this word. And it's truth. Telling you, if we can be salt and light in our neighborhood tonight, maybe we push back the kingdom of darkness. It's been said that home is where you go when you're tired of being nice. I'm just saying, it's true, is it not? <laughs> one, of the, one of the worst inventions is the garage door opener. Now, I don't know about you, my garage, I haven't been able to put a car into it for a long time. But I'm telling you, you push that button, your neighbors are to the left and to the right, and you ride into that garage, and you get out, and you Close that thing. As soon as it's closed, all right, I'm good. I can get out and go in my house. How about we start parking in the driveway, talking to people again? Pastor, you don't know my neighbor. Listen, you want a neighbor story? I got a neighbor story. I can't talk. I can't. This is online. Here's the difference. Letters in love. The message is simple. The commandment's not new. Love one another. Loving one another is taking action. Speaking the truth. Here's my illustration for you. You got a fresh pile of laundry. I don't do this often, but from time to time I do. That first shirt, you folding that thing. At the beginning, looks good. By the last shirt. <laughs> right? Some of us just leave it in the basket, okay? This isn't confession. Here's what I want you to hear from my heart. Paul said, finish the race. Church, 
I believe we started strong. We moved into this property in 2019. But I believe that God's called us to make sure, you as a believer, me as a pastor, this church, make sure we take great care in doing things the right way by God. Because if we do it this way, then the kingdom hurts and we're responsible. God's called us to love one another inside the church. He's called us to be evangelists outside of the church. Great commission, go, make disciples. Let's make sure we're giving God our very best today as we did when we first started following him, amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, today may there be a mighty hunger and a mighty roar that rises inside each and every one of us. May there be a challenge that goes out in this message of in conclusion. May the end of this sermon series be the beginning of what you're doing next. And may you do great and mighty things. And for the folks that are here today, may you call them according to your purpose to do something to fight back against the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.